You're listening to Oh No Lit Class. Mostly dead authors, fresh takes. Ruining required reading, one book at a time. podcast that will be visited by three ghosts this winter's eve. N- not because of Christmas or anything. They're just coming to chill out. Gonna decompress and uh, play some Mario Kart before hitting up Scrooge's house and telling him he's a taint. I'm Megan. I'm RJ. <laughs> and that's Pravi. <laughs> Here, have a fight. Can you hear him? I cannot tell. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Why do you get so loud? Be quiet. You gotta get him a cone. <laughs> the Pravi cone of silence. That's what I'm trying to do. You just cup his ass. <laughs> get him warm. <laughs> Please don't do that. Hey, there's um, some gas. And it it sure has been a year, all right. It has been. Some people might say it was five years. Yeah. 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 Even in normal one at this point in time, we'd uh, generally be starting to get a little crazy. But, uh... <laughs> Are you having a good time, bud? <laughs> you could put him in the bedroom. I think that would upset our fans because, you know what? There's almost as many fucking questions for this cat as there are for well, us. We could record his part and then put him in the bedroom. Our sanity tends to kind of wane by the end of the year anyway, I've, I've noticed, but we are just so far beyond that. And so before we retreat into the mountainous wilderness of Colorado that we have traded the swamps of Florida for to perform our dark hibernation, we are rounding out 2020 by throwing our books out the window and answering questions sent in by you, the wonderful, beautiful, amazing, potentially deeply troubled listeners. Yeah, uh, that's what they are. <laughs> Good contribution. I, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want them any other way. It's true. If you were anything else, it, it just wouldn't be right. RJ, you got anything you want to add before we get into it? I'm playing with my pussy. You really are. <laughs> and he looks... Super happy about it. All right, so we'll start things off with an email from Natalie. Natalie says, uh, My main question, are there episodes you would want to redo? Um, Either after new information about an author came out or a different perspective gained after all these episodes. Also, are your cats always nearby when you are recording? I recently re-listened to the whole podcast. Thank you. Also, don't know how great that is for your mental health to do that all in one go, but... We appreciate it. And hearing them chime in occasionally is always funny. Best wishes and happy Almost Not 2020 to you and your fuzzy family. Aw, thank you. Happy Almost Not 2020 to you too. Yay. Yay. So, any episodes that you would want to redo? Yes. (laughs) Wow. Very recent one. The, uh, what's the name of the one with the new (laughs) wife? De Winter. Uh, um, fuck. Wow. Jesus. Rebecca. Rebecca. You'd want to redo Rebecca? Yes. <laughs> so I would have realized we needed to place Paul Hollywood in the script much sooner. 
Yeah. My only regret <laughs> is it came much later. <laughs> Same thing with Phantom of the Opera. It really should have been about the Mighty Ducks from the very beginning. The Mighty Ducks come in very early. Fair enough. I'd like to redo a lot of our earlier episodes, uh, either in terms of audio quality or just kind of like still figuring out our kind of whole shtick. Um, yes, I know. He's, ha- he's, he's in heaven. He's loving it. But then again, this audio is going to have a cat purring on it for well, most of it. But, but maybe you guys are into that. It's, it's ASMR. It's, it's much needed ASMR for the end of the year. <laughs> you are not ASMR. You are the anti-ASMR. I'd like to give like the Emily Dickinson episode another shake because I know um, like a whole bunch of new letters and stuff about her like came out. An old uh, TV show. <laughs> yeah, like, like a lot of times new media or movies or TV or something will come out about something that we've covered and be like, oh, I want to talk about that now. And I guess we should we, we could always make study break minisodes about it. We're just lazy. But yeah, occasionally I'll want to redo a thing. And are your cats always nearby when you're recording? More recently, yes. In our old uh, apartment, our recording space was in our office, which we never really fully set up. It it just, the, the room was kind of the room that we just dumped shit in and it was always just a, a huge mess and so the the cat because at that time we really only had pravi was never allowed in there because there was way too much shit for him to get into and break and uh he could there's no way he could be in there when we were recording because yeah he would probably break shit or make a lot of noise and in this apartment We've done a very good job of having everything be very tidy and put away. And so we don't have to lock him away in a room for him to scream. And so we've let him be in here when he is quiet and behaves and doesn't scream. Which is why you hear him uh, and Cooper, the the more recent addition to the Ono Lit Class family, a bit more often in more recent episodes because there's less of a reason to keep them locked in a different room. And it's like, if we don't got to keep them locked in a different room, we don't want to, because we feel bad. (laughs) It's true. They're part of the family, too. Most of the time. Most of the time. When you're not threatening to eat them. They're pretty fat cats, people. (laughs) They'd be (laughs) self-basting. Cooper's so (laughs) bottom-heavy. Yeah. She looks like a turkey. When she crouches, she looks like a turkey. She's a very unfortunately shaped animal. So, patron Rachel Bernadowitz asks, Do you prefer reading physical books or ebooks, and why? Which do you read most often? And what non-classic books are you reading at the moment? Well, I do like physical books more, because I make a mess out of my books. I will dog-ear them, I'll highlight, I, I'm a huge fan of post-it notes. Yeah, you mutilate your books. <laughs> yeah, they're a living thing, you know, you gotta, it changes with, the reader. Live a living document. Exactly. And I can't really do that as well or in a fun way with an electronic book. It really doesn't make as much of a difference to me. I'll read on a physical book or an ebook. I do most of the reading for this show because RJ does not read for this show. Whoa. We know you don't. Whoa. It's not news. Whoa. 
Uh, but I do most of the reading for this show online electronically because a lot of the stuff we read is in the public domain. So it's on like Project Gutenberg. And so if I don't have to pay for it, I'm not gonna. And so I'll read it electronically. But yeah, I don't really have a, a preference. I guess maybe I'll lean more towards ebooks as, these days just because I'm running out of space. Uh, the one thing I can't do is read an audiobook. Well, it's an audiobook. <laughs> I can't listen to an audiobook. I, I do not retain that shit, which is weird because I listen to a lot of podcasts. But I guess that's different because it's like a conversation that you're following. And a book is not a conversation. Well, no, because you're, it's, it's a story. It's different. Different flow, different rhythm. Depends on the reader. As for the second part of the question, I believe Megan is reading a Phil Jackson book. I forget the title. Yeah, the the Phil Jackson, the same Phil Jackson book that I've been reading for like six months. <laughs> Just about. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, what non-classic books are you reading at the moment? I'm not. <laughs> this has not been a good year for me for reading books. And I was enjoying that book. I, I'm liking it. And I still can't read it. I just am not reading for pleasure. We were reading Peaky Blinders. <laughs> yeah, that's the we, the we, newest we, season of Fargo. We watched a lot of TV. <laughs> newest season of Fargo was good. It was weird, but it was good. Take it to the presses. What non-classic books were you reading, RJ? Barack Obama's latest autobiography. No, no, no you, yeah, yeah, the snippets where he talked about why women wouldn't fuck him even after he brought up Michelle Foucault. It worked for me. You didn't read the whole autobiography. I'm working my way. <laughs> bit by bit. Bit by bit? Yeah. Now, I mean, would, would, I, that, I, be, I feel would that be is... an ebook form? No. I, I definitely don't see that on your bedside, my man. <laughs> I know that ain't going to get the panties to drop, so <laughs> I leave out the Michelle Foucault. Ah, gotcha. Yeah? <laughs> Probably knows. So, um, on that same note, uh, patron Rebecca Lynn asks, uh, what were your favorite non-podcast-related books you read in 2020? I'm trying to remember what I taught before I took the new job. <laughs> Unclear. So I'm reading this book by Phil Jackson. <laughs> I enjoyed looking back at some of the books that I had read prior to us covering it on the show and rereading snippets here and there. That's not what Rebecca asked about. I don't read. <laughs> I read websites. So that new season of Fargo. <laughs> yes. It sure did happen. It did happen. All right, so here's the part where we admit to you guys that we're actually illiterate. <laughs> this has been almost four years of a farce. <laughs> this is the big reveal. This is the, it's like, it's been like cereal or something. This is the twist. This that said, we have two full bookshelves of probably close to, what, 300 books total. Yeah, we used to read at some point in our lives. <laughs> There, by which I mean for pleasure. I don't know. For pleasure. Um, let's just move right along. <laughs> Trucking along. Yeah. Sarah, tired but festive at Sea Creature 11 on Twitter asks, What are the requirements for a good name for a child? 
There's a lot of beloved digs at parents being terrible at naming their author children, so I want to know, what is a good way to name a small being? Also, any, any information about the beautiful Void Babies would be a delight. Let Pravi speak. Well, you just heard him. <laughs> so, we took care of that one. And in, in tandem with that ask, uh, we have Caleb Chronomus, at Caleb Chronomus on Twitter, who asked, What is the singular circumstance in which it is entirely okay for a parent to name a child after themselves, and why is it RJ? <laughs> so a couple things. First, don't have kids. Simple. <laughs> That's not okay! If someone wants to have, like, just because we... It's not healthy. Don't do it to yourself. <laughs> this... <laughs> Megan, you know, not... when someone has a mental illness, you you still accept them. Oh my god, no, no. You still no, accept them. No. It is perfectly fine if people want to have kids. It's a normal thing. Is it? <laughs> Presumably, yes. <laughs> is it? Don't child shame. You know That sounds like that means something much dirtier, I regret saying that. Um I'm told family shame? By the Matrix that we are the virus. <laughs> if you decide to have a child, or you have a child without deciding to have a child, it happens also. It it does. I'm told you can even be a virgin to have one of those. It's the reason for the season. Hey. Hey. You want a name that's not going to raise any eyebrows. You want a name that won't have them get their ass kicked at school. I feel like that's the biggest qualifier. Oh, Gainsvort. No? We don't remember Gainsvort? I remember Gainsvort. Oh, well, you just have I, a look. I remember. I'm surprised you remember Gainsvort. Well, that's one of the more questionable names at this point. That's a deep cut. I mean, I, I think the one that that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one. Um, you get really upset when people name their kids after themselves. Or name their kids after themselves when they've also been named after their parent who's been named after their parent and so on and so, so much forth in perpetuity. Yeah, it's it's a vanity thing, definitely. And what makes you so great? You got to name the kid after you. What's, you put the P in the V or the sperm in the egg or who knows? Yeah, the turkey baster in the, the test tube, whatever the fuck. Like, yeah, what's so great about you? You know who names kids after themselves? Donald Trump. <laughs> I'll leave it there. So, okay. So I feel like we've, we've, we've got some good hard and fast rules here. Um, naming your kids after yourself is a, a weird ego thing. Giving your kid a name that is going to have them get their ass kicked at a typical public school is also bad. Like, if you think you're giving them, like, a cool, unique name, like, odds are like it's going unique. to be... <laughs> odds are it's going to be a name that is going to cause nine-year-olds to make fun of them. Yes, hello. All right, we meet again. So, okay, what about naming a kid after a different relative? Like, not yourself, but, like, in memoriam of great... Uh, Uncle Jasper, he rescued those orphans from a fire that one time. Let's honor his memory. I'm going to name him a child after him. Where does that fall? So I forget what the current numbers are and what it costs to raise a child from birth to 18. But it's like a half a million dollars. Holy shit. You know, 
just start a scholarship fund in a old Uncle Jasper's name. I don't want to be thinking of old Uncle Jasper every time I'm wiping up green shit. <laughs> That's what Uncle Jasper would have wanted. People naming their kid Lakeland and shit. Who's that? Nothing. Oh. Exactly. That's that's shit. I think's dumb. That's like that white people. I want my kid's name to be original, but I'm just gonna mash some some things together, and now there's a kid named Lakeland. <laughs> it's just nothing. All right. So what are good rules for naming a kid? We because we just gave out a bunch of don'ts. Because we um. We got, what is the circumstance in which it's okay for a parent to name a child after themselves? And we said never. Not even when it's RJ. Well. Uh, Uh-oh. Oh, Donald Trump did it. (laughs) RJ is an abbreviation. So the R and the J could stand for different things. Ah. So you It could be Robert James. It could be Rupert John. (laughs) It could be Rylan Jameson. It can be. It could be Rebecca, Jamie. It could be. What, what was it that we decided the lore was in? It was in the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe episode. So something Japels. Because instead of Clive, J, you arrived Japels or something. I'll go Roland. It's definitely not Roland Japels. It's a good strong name right there. <laughs> so do we have any? What is a good way to name a child? RJ. We, we just have don'ts. RJ. Just name your kid RJ. RJ. You can't go wrong. Nope. Just always name, just default to that. Just name your kid RJ. MJ. <laughs> DJ. PJ. Or just name KJ. them anything that ends with the J, ends with the J apparently. Yeah. AJ. <laughs> CJ. Okay, that's just, you're just BJ. Do, don't, please don't just go through the EJ. letters of the alphabet. Please, please stop. Now ZJ. Yeah, I don't know. I don't ZJ. How about XJ? That's the ro- there's the robot from My Life as a Teenage Robot. Okay. That was XJ9. Jenny. There you go. <laughs> Guess they all work. WJ? <laughs> Please stop. WJ. Okay. Um, and then at Secreature11 on Twitter is also our, our patron, Sarah S. Uh, she also asked on Patreon, do you guys have a new address for sending things yet? Uh, we don't have a P.O. box still because lazy, because covid because lots of things, but one day we will have a P.O. box again, and it'll be great, and you guys will be able to send us all kinds of things, like when Mackenzie sent us a cursed Michael Crichton book that immediately disappeared into the apartment and I was never able to find again even when we moved, which was really fucking creepy. It's one with the apartment now. So, one day, and of course we will let you guys know, it'd be really weird if we didn't, if we were like, yeah, we have a P.O. Box again, and we told no one. Okay, um, oh, speaking of Mackenzie, our our patron Mackenzie Marrow, who's, uh, also at Space Bras on Twitter, who sent us a cursed Michael Crichton book that never made it out of our last apartment, asks... Uh, a few questions. First, what's your favorite uh, or personal literary conspiracy theory? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I was trying to think of one before, and I, I got nothing. 
I mean, we had a whole episode about the Shakespeare one. But that's not my favorite. I hate that, and it makes me angry. <laughs> well, what's your favorite? <laughs> that's my least favorite. It pisses me off deeply. Stephen King wasn't actually high for any of his books. He was stone-cold sober, and he's just like that. Yeah. <laughs> he just did it for the chicks, man. He wanted to impress the ladies. We should just invent um, really good literary conspiracy theories and encourage our listeners to spread them. Yeah. Let's see. Z-Dog pegged the Langston Houston. Langston, Langston Hughes. Langston Houston? Yes. <laughs> Langston Hughes' actual name was Langston Houston. Wait. Literary conspiracy theory. Nicholas Cage wrote... The Declaration of Independence. Literary conspiracy theory. That's why he wants to find it. He wants it back. It's his. Is that does that count as literature? Oh, that could be a whole episode, Meg. What is literature? <laughs> Michel Foucault wasn't actually bald. He wore a shower cap all the time. Literary conspiracy theory. Ernest Hemingway, Pansy Man. Literary conspiracy theory. J.K. Rowling, M to F. <laughs> no, no. Self-hating. No, no. Just, just a, a normal cis piece of garbage. Grogu Baby Yoda, the real author of Shakespeare's plays. Literary conspiracy theory. No, but you don't like that one. You said Shakespeare's thing's the worst. Well, yeah, but I made it better now by, by saying maybe Grogu wrote them. <laughs> now it's good. Yeah, go forth and spread these literary conspiracy theories. Oh, I got one. Oh, yeah, you got another one? Yeah. Okay. British poet Andrew Marvell actually created Marvel Comics. I don't know who that is, but it's a literary conspiracy theory. That's why you're illiterate. Yeah, well, we established that. There we go. Those are our literature conspiracy theories. I feel like they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Mackenzie also asked, RJ, what's the most important bit of financial advice that everyone forgets? Don't co-sign loans. Period. Don't do it. Not for your kids. Not for your wife. Not for your husband. Not for your parents. Not for your biffle. Not for your enemies. Don't co-sign loans. Don't yeah, do it. I think you've said that one before. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. Don't do it. People do it. They're wrong. Send them to me. I'll send them straight. People who ask you to co-sign ones are almost as bad as people who name kids after themselves. Wow. Yeah. I mean, do you want to elaborate on why it's bad? If they die, you're still on the hook. That's pretty bad. Or if it's like a car and they get out of town with the car and stop making payments, you're on the hook. Basically, in short, you're on the hook for something you get no benefit from. That's a bad move. And finally, have you had Runza yet? Now that you're... I've had the runs. Yeah, well... In ought two. I had the runs for a week straight. I lost 10 pounds. Holy shit. No, that's not okay. True. okay, I was going to say, good God, because I, I, did, I didn't know you then. So I, I, I would have taken that as fact. What's Runza? 
I don't know. This is now that you're in Foco and can enjoy the Nebraskan delicacy. Well, we're not, we're not in, in Foco. Fo- yeah, yeah, we're not in Foco, so uh, I don't know what Runza is. Let's find out. Let's learn. Foco is Fort Collins. It is a restaurant. Ah. It is a fast food chain known for namesake German sandwiches, plus burgers, onion rings, and crinkle cut fries. Oh, that sounds good. Does sound good. Maybe we will have it at some point, but we haven't yet. Uh, George Diaz on Facebook asks, worst author to go on a date with? J.K. Rowling. (laughs) I was going to say, that's a wide field. There are many authors, historically, contemporarily, that... I feel would be horrible to go on dates with. <laughs> I mean, technically, Adolf Hitler's a author. He, he is a published author, so I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, Ayn Rand. Oh God, I feel like going on a date with Ayn Rand would be miserable. Yeah. And she'd totally be a dick about you picking up the check. Yeah, dating J.K. Rowling would be horrendous. Not just because she's a fucking transphobe, but also because she'd be dropping those horrible Harry Potter facts the entire time. Like, that thing she was doing that was the most annoying before she was unable to stop diarrhea-mouthing about her horrible fucking views. That you'd go to dinner and be like, yeah, um, so, Denny, the appetizers look good? And she'd be like, did you know... That Voldemort had a special fetish where he would wrap the snake around his dick until he came. And you would just be like, JK, what the fuck? I don't think transgender people are real. That doesn't have anything to do with Harry Potter. No, but I could talk about the wizard shit again. I'm, I'm gonna leave. I don't know if it'd be a bad date or a good date. Alan Moore. <laughs> I think it would be a bad date, <laughs> but like maybe like a fun bad date, like, um... Okay, we well, can move on. Well, no, I was trying to think of a way to describe like your crazy uncle or something, but then I realized that that doesn't sound very appealing. No. <laughs> what about James Joyce? I got gas for days. I mean, like he'd be very uh, attentive to you, but it would yeah. depend on your specific kinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In short, don't date authors. I think I think that's what the the lesson to take away from this. I think so. Don't don't date authors. I'm never off my bullshit. LMAO at Nerd Shrimp One on Twitter asks, "Will there be an episode on Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey, and how much of it will be frustrated screaming?" I have no idea what this is. You you never had to learn about the hero's journey. Nope. Okay, so that's the sort of template that a lot of myths and stories are built on and it's like like the very sort of basic layout of it is kind of like the awakening and the 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 hero has to go out and do a thing the beginning of the quest the goes here and does this but it's like deeply entrenched in like myth like i'm doing a really shitty job of explaining it the mentor is here, the learning about thing, getting lost in cave, breakdown, defeating evil, returning home forever changed, realizing that you don't belong at home anymore. Like, again, I'm doing a shit job here, but 
it should sound very familiar to you. Yeah, I probably learned it at some point. I just don't remember it. Oh, no, I, I, I just mean it's like the basic plot structure on which many adventure and fantasy stories yeah, I understand. are based. And so people will be, a lot of times people will be like, oh, this, this story is so cliched because it hits these beats. And it's like, yes, these are the typical beats of the hero's journey. I sound real dumb because I'm not prepped to talk about this. Uh, there might be an episode on it at some point. I don't know if there's enough stuff to fill an entire episode. Maybe? I don't think there would be a lot of frustrated screaming. I don't know. It's really interesting. I don't know. But then again, it's me. I'd probably scream at some point. It's not a very funny haha answer. Patron Tarragon asks, I'm a librarian, so I have some library-themed questions. Thoughts on the Dewey Decimal System as compared to other library organizational systems. Parentheses. If you answer wrong, I will fight you. Smiley face. So, you know, no pressure. Um, An anonymous user from Tumblr also asked about that. Only without the threat of violence. Um. The Library of Congress system. More diversity. Yeah? Yeah. They got like 24 different like genres. Whereas Dewey Decimal System only got like 10. So I looked up both of them. Yeah. I mean, I, n- I never found the Dewey Decimal System particularly easy in terms of trying to find what I was looking for. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Both systems suck. You thank gotta, you. Thank Okay, yes, thank you. You got to organize <laughs> books by the color of their cover. Oh my God. What the fuck is wrong with you? If I want a book in green, it's right there. Why would you want a book in green? I'm feeling green. Me and Kermit. Both are complicated and I'm real stupid, Tarragon. I'm sorry. Which are the books that will give me an erection? <laughs> Hello, my good librarian. Can you direct me to the Bona books, please? You know what sucks? I'm sure so many librarians have heard that question before in real life. <laughs> but so... Yeah, or is the book that's going to give me an erection? Where are the boner books? Yes, I'm sure. (laughs) Now, what you could do when you color coordinate them is like all the romance novels are in red and like the darker the red, the smuttier they are, right? And then esteemed books, right? Those are going to be like black covers because though they're esteemed, they're high art. So they could be boring covers. Aren't porno books or like porno magazines, don't they have like black covers? Isn't that a thing? In gas stations, they don't see the tits on your five. Yeah. I don't think they sell them like that anymore. <laughs> I mean, there's no more Playboy, is there? I don't fucking know. They got rid of it. Or they got rid of the nudity? I don't know. That's what really caused 2020. I get my porn on the internet like a normal human. I'm told Pornhub took everything down. I haven't seen it myself. I don't get my porn on Pornhub. <laughs> I see. Very good. Where do you get your porn? Who knows? <laughs> Our clop clop. <laughs> now try it again, but like say the whole thing before you like commit to the bit. Our clop clop. There you go. There you go. <laughs> or our rule 34. That's the real shit. Mm. Trying to think of the questionable subreddits. Oh, the Zelda porn. There's a lot of Zelda porn on Reddit for some reason. Why do you... How often Because people are you talk about this. Uh, well, I'm out there. 
Like, Threads come up, like, what's the weirdest fucking porn? I don't think... Does Zelda really qualify as the weirdest porn? Nah, it's still Bowsette. Eh. I still really wouldn't even put that up there as the weirdest porn. That's just a horny peach. Well, I mean, the, the weirdest porn is Vore, right? Like, where people get off on being eaten by, like, a bigger thing? Because that can't ever happen. It's, it's a I, very specific kink. I mean, I'm always scared to say the phrase, the weirdest porn, because you know that as soon as you do, that just means a, a weirder porn has now spontaneously come into existence, just, just because you said that. But, uh, yeah, so when you say, oh, yeah, there's the weird shit is porn of Zelda, it's like, I don't think that even registers. Now back to the question at hand. Yeah, we strayed real far from the Dewey Decimal System on that one, huh? Color coding. Far from the Dewey Decimal System and far from God. Yeah. All, I, all political I, books I, are piss yellow because they're a bunch of piss babies. <laughs> sports books are green because most sports are played on grass, I guess. Sure. What about books about drugs? Purple. What about books about animal husbandry? It's zebra striped. What about books about music? Take it back. Animals will be cheetah print. Music will be zebra striped because it will kind of look like the little bars and the notes. Ah, okay. Books about technology. The green numbers. Green binary. <laughs> the green num- oh, <laughs> the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be so green gradient. Books about religion. White because it's pure. <laughs> Books about samurai. Well, that'll just be, I think, like war in general. Okay. That'll be on the red spectrum with sex, because I think that just won't be sex. Red's going to be like all the... um. Well, would war be like a subcategory of history? No. <laughs> because, because war is just a characteristic of man. It's conflict, right? Conflict, sex, sex is conflict. So I think all the conflicts read. So what are books uh, about history? Well, history is different. Okay, well, I want a book about history. Well, it's really then a book about the earth, and the earth is mostly ocean, so blue. Okay, well, what if I want a book about the ocean? Well, that's about earth, so blue. Well, what if I want a book about volcanoes? That's the earth, it's blue. So if I want a book about volcanoes and also a book about the ottoman empire they're yeah. both gonna be blue well it depends on what's happening with the ottoman empire in this book now if it's just you know a boring history it'll be blue but if it has war and sex it'll be red i want a horny history <laughs> bring me your horniest history of the ottoman empire yes, they got it man <laughs> there you go tarragon we have devised you ever bang a chick on it- an ottoman can't say that I have, Whoa. but you know, I I've still got some years in me. Do you? Yeah, I would hope. Um, Good luck. Let hope springs eternal. There you go, Tarragon. We uh we came up with a system that is far superior to both the, the Dewey and the Library of Congress. You're welcome. They also ask favorite books from the children's, the YA, and the adult section. Bonus points if you have a favorite picture book. Everybody poops. Everybody everybody poops. Everybody poops. Everybody poops. 
Or the caterpillar one where he oh, makes the your fingers. Oh, the hungry caterpillar? Yeah, and your finger's a caterpillar. I don't think your finger's a caterpillar in the hungry uh, caterpillar. It's no, a different one. Uh, yeah, there's one, your finger's the caterpillar, and you stick it through the book. <laughs> and every page, you got your old finger going. And then children's book? Goosebumps. Not a specific Goosebumps, just the concept of Goosebumps. The vampire one. <laughs> what I what I enjoy as a child. I just have to like kind of crane my head a little because I still got most of them up there. Is White okay. Fang considered like a go? Yeah, White, White, Fang, White Fang was a children's yeah, book. Yeah, White Fang was good. The novelization of Face Off. God. I had so many. Uh... From the mixed-up files of Miss Basil E. Frankweiler, where kids lived in the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which was awesome. Uh, the Westing Game, which was dope, where they had to like figure out a puzzle from this weird old dude's will. That that book whipped ass. Um, like leaning over to look at my bookshelf. Uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes, which I've talked about on the show before. By uh, Ray Bradbury. I guess maybe I should say the, na- the authors of the other ones. I don't know. I'm not going to lean far enough over to look. And I don't remember the names of the authors, even though I read those books like all the fucking time. Howl's Moving Castle. Fucking love that book. That's a book? It's a movie. It's a Miyazaki movie. Uh, y- yes. He doesn't write. He draws. Uh, YA books. Any of those? Or at that point, had you stopped reading books? The novelization of Face Off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The novelization of Forrest Gump. Because that's definitely not... Well, 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 actually, I don't think yeah, that's YA. Not... I think that's adult. We haven't read, made it to that point. No. So YA... And that wasn't uh, a novelization. Because it started as a novel. Yes. So you're just wrong on so many counts. So YA, uh, Sabriel by Garth Nix... The Babysitter's Club. Fucking rules. That's a children's book. Well, it wasn't for me. <laughs> I always want to know what it's like to be a babysitter. Uh, and the Hardy Boys. The Leviathan. I read a lot of Hardy Boys. The Leviathan Trilogy by Scott uh, Wes- Wesky, I think his name is. Scott, or no, that's not it. It's the Leviathan Trilogy. It's really good. It's steampunk shit. It's a lot of fun. Um, anything Tamora Pierce has ever written ever. I'm always a slut for Tamora Pierce. And books for adults. Adult books. Uh, would Douglas Adams count? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Would that be in the adult section? No idea. Terragon with Hero Librarian. Would the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy be in the adult section? That book, I think, would be in the tangerine section. Because <laughs> it's action-y. That's on the orange. Action-y. That's on the orange scale. Anything by like Terry Pratchett? I don't know. Is Terry Pratchett YA or adult? Sci-fi's in fantasy. It's always weird with that. That one's always kind of fiddly. Neuromancer. Uh, steal yours. That's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Count zero. Like anything from those sprawl books are fun. All of the adult books that I read are going to be sci-fi or fantasy. They're never going to be like straight adult fiction because I I have child brain. I don't know. (laughs) I don't just sit down and read an adult work of fiction. What about you? What you got? For what? Adult fiction. What do you read from the adult section? Lots of theory. What color is theory? Well, we talked about serious books are black. 
And finally, who's your favorite librarian patron? I think it's, it's Tarragon. Okay. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Megan coming down your chimney to eat your cookies. <laughs> don't have a chimney? Doesn't matter. I'm, I'm coming into your home anyway. Don't celebrate Christmas? Too bad. I'm here. I'm, I'm not even leaving presents. I'm just breaking into your home to eat your baked goods. Because I'm a freak like that. Um, <laughs> this is it. The final episode of the year of Oh No Lit Class. And just like every episode, it's brought to you in part by our wonderful, beautiful, amazing patrons who help support the show and help us keep bringing it to you, including our newest patron, Rebecca Lynn. Thanks for supporting the show and for submitting a question for this episode. And thank you to all of our patrons, anyone who's who's been a patron at any point or who has supported the show on social media, who has spread the show to a, a friend who's rated and reviewed, who has, you know, just just listened. Anybody who's said that we've helped you get through this fuck bagel of a year in any small way, because that's, you know, it's pretty fucking rad. I don't know what's going on. My neighbor, our neighbor one of our neighbors is yelling pretty loud. Sounds like he's pretty pissed about something. I don't know what it is. We appreciate you guys hanging in with us through a lot of the weird changes in this year uh, on top of, you know, everything else in the world, including realizing that the apartment in Florida was a lot quieter and trying to figure out the acoustics of this apartment. Man, I don't know what he's pissed about, but he is cussing up a storm. And yeah, just, I was looking for a job and those several months where something was wrong with my stomach and uh still don't know what that ever was it it stopped which is good but uh we may never know it's a fun medical mystery i'm sorry i'm rambling and you'll want to get on with the rest of the show but just uh i'm doing that thing where it's the end of the year and i get very sentimental and just know that i love and appreciate every single one of you who listens to this ridiculous fucking show and derives joy from it. The fact that you are out there will never cease to be absolutely goddamn wild to me. And you are all fucking great and extremely important to me. <laughs> Every last goddamn one of you. Um, I'm not going to make the same mistake I did last year and be like, who knows what the, after the bullshit of 2019 what the next goddamn year will hold i'm not doing that i'm not bringing that into the universe but just know that whatever comes next you know we're all in this horse shit together and uh we'll be here telling you new dumb shit about classic literature and the ding-dongs that most likely lie therein but uh i'll let you get back to it now love you guys and uh, have a, a happy and, most importantly, a safe new year. It's a jolly holiday with Laura at Checks926 on Twitter asks, What is your favorite ice cream topping? And when you go to an ice cream buffet, do you add every single topping they have? Thanks for the pod. It really brings me joy. Aw.
Thank you. You're or you're welcome. One of those things. Crushed cookies and or crushed M&Ms. Easy peasy. Yeah, I like crushed Oreos. And no, not everything. Too many bad things. Yeah. What are you, some kind of monster? Because anything could be like gummies. I don't do gummies on ice cream. Some kind of animal. Yeah, bad. Crushed Butterfinger's good. Mm, not a fan of that texture. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. There you go. I feel like we should have like funnier ice cream takes. <laughs> I don't know. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty straightforward. An email from Liam asks, Fuck, Mary kill, Lady Macbeth, Rodrigo, and Hamlet. Also, you should cover A Streetcar Named Desire. It's in my A-level literature exam, and I'm going to scream. <laughs> well, considering that that's by, what's his name? We just, we did him not that long ago. Tennessee Williams. Yeah, Tennessee Williams. I'm not surprised, because the glass menagerie made me want to fucking scream. So, I guess eventually we'll probably do Streetcar, because that's, I would imagine, probably the more famous and well-known of the two, so... And when we do it, I'll probably want to commit a murder, but I'm going to need a little more distance between Glass Menagerie and Streetcar because fuck, I'm still traumatized. I'm sorry you're having to deal with that, Liam. Be strong. So fuck, marry, kill. So I'll fuck uh, Lady Macbeth. I'll marry Rufio and uh, kill Hamlet. Why would you marry Rodrigo? Rufio. Stop. No, not Rufio. Yeah, it's a cool kid, man. He got like the little red mohawk. You don't remember who Rodrigo is, do I'm, you? Oh, I'm Rodrigo, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember Rodrigo. People don't know you're, you're Rodrigo. <laughs> what Rodrigo? Who are we talking about? Okay, Rodrigo was from Othello. He was Iago, one of Iago's dipshit lackeys, kind of. Like, he was just real fucking stupid and Iago took advantage of that and, like, manipulated him. Was he the and one with the wife? Was he the one oh, with the, the, w- wife? the wife that they set up to be cheating? No. Uh. No, Rodrigo was the one who Iago was just, like, kept using his money and shit. Yeah. Uh. And uh, he gets, like, murdered on accident or something. Like, he was just really fucking stupid. So with this uh, lineup, then, it sounds like I'll just kill myself. <laughs> Amen. F. Mary Kill. <laughs> So, I would kill Rodrigo, because he's dumb shit, and I don't have time for him. And, hmm. Actually, no, wait, I take that back. I think I'd kill Lady Macbeth because I'm terrified of her. And I think no matter what I did, if I fucked her or I'd marry her, she would eventually kill me. Because she's she's smarter and stronger and scarier than me. So I think I gotta take her out. Okay. I'd say I would fuck Hamlet, but I think he'd just be kind of a sad lay. I don't know if I'd enjoy it very much. He probably wouldn't shut up the whole time. So I don't know if that'd be very enjoyable either. And if you marry Rodrigo, you could probably just marry him and take his fucking money because he's just really stupid. And you could just take advantage of him. You're right. This is a very unfortunate scenario Liam has cooked up for us. It's true. How did you work this out? I married Rufio. He's dreamy. Uh-huh. Who did you kill? Hamlet. He wants it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he kind of does. So yeah, I could get uh, so Lady f- Macbeth so you, to kill the others with me. So you fucked Lady Macbeth? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tight. You, why are you assuming that? Megan, did you read the book? <laughs> it's not a book. Did you see the movie? <laughs> what do you mean it's not a book? It's not a book. It's a play. Well, it's a book form. 
And it's a movie. Yeah. She's got that sweet ass. It's which version? The most recent one. Penis slapping. What? You talking about the version with Marion Cotillard and uh, Michael Fassbender? No. Am I confusing? Macbeth? I got something else. Which one's penis slapping? What movie was that? It said on the screen, penis slapping. Yeah, penis slapping. I'm pretty sure the name of that film was The Lady Macbeth. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, but that's not about... That's Lady Macbeth? But that's not... <laughs> Who was that? Was it... That wasn't Florence Pugh. No, it was Florence Pugh. It yeah. was Florence Pugh. Dad ass. I mean, I guess if I married Lady Macbeth, we could take over Scotland. Her bloodlust frightens me, though. You know what turns her on. That's okay. Murder. Like Mur- a, murder turns her on. Yeah. Like that lady in the, the movie The Lobster. She ain't so bad. Yes, she is. She absolutely is. God. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on. Books to Watch at Books to Watch, which is a, a podcast that, that uh, discusses your favorite books and their movie adaptations asks most appropriately best books that have been adapted to movies winking smiley face i I think we've answered this before princess bride atonement yeah atonement is especially after reading that book atonement is a way better movie than a book there you go (laughs) because it really doesn't make sense as a book at the end the way that it's framed. The framing works way better as a movie than as a book. I wonder some other... No Country for Old Men. I've never read the book. Uh-uh. Have you? No. So you're just saying things. I can tell. Oh. Oh, well. I can sense it. The novelization of Face Off. Oh, fuck you. Uh, Congo. That was a book. <laughs> you're just I read that. Say- oh, you read that? Yeah. Okay. I was in Jurassic Park. I mean, to be fair, Michael Crichton sucks, so I'm just going to assume the movies are just always better, even though Congo's a fucking awful hilarious Oh, it's <laughs> I funny. Mean, yeah, I mean, Congo's hilarious. Congo's a great movie to watch with friends. Um, the Forrest Gump <laughs> books didn't make me cry. <laughs> they did make me laugh. Michael Crichton was His best friend's a, a monkey. Tool. And Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> and they drive a tank. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Usually I get angry about book-to-movie adaptations, so it's hard to think of ones that I like that are good. <laughs> I think I brought up Everything is Illuminated another time. I know you hate that one. Correct. But I like that movie a lot. I saw the movie before I read the book, got excited uh, to read the book, and was like, wow, this sucks. The movie's way better. <laughs> Mystic Dan the Magic Man at Throne of Salt on Twitter asks, Have you played Hades? If so, favorite god. No, have not played Hades. Looks like a really cool game. Kind of want to play it. Kind of a little bitch when it comes to video games. Real bad at them. Do have the soundtrack on my Spotify, because I like video game music, and it's by Darren Korb. And uh, he makes real good video game soundtracks, like he did Bastion, and Bastion bangs. Um, do you have a favorite Greek god? Just... Off, offhand, maybe just not related to this video game we haven't played. Perseus. You just said a name. It's kind of old. Heracles. Why? That's his name. Yeah, no, but I mean, why? Why? That's. I, I mean, that's just Hercules. That's yeah. just another way to say Hercules. I know. Why? Why is Hercules your favorite? Also, Hercules is like a demigod, I think technically. 
I can see what's happening here. Maui. Yeah. Yeah. I said Greek. Well, I mean, Hercules is basically just not brown Maui. Is he? Yeah. Do you know any of Maui's mythos? Because I don't. Yeah, I've seen a movie. I... (laughs) I sung the song. Yeah? Yeah, he got a hook. He could see what's happening here. Well, I mean, if you're... So he could see very far away I mean, because if, if, I'm not there but he can see what's happening here okay but if you're if that's and at your different ba- times if that's your basis yeah then my, Hercules, I mean my basis on Hercules is on the other Disney film well then you know that they are almost nothing alike yeah they are no they're not yeah they flex Maui's like significantly better in like every regard if that's really what we're going off of here and then if we're going off of like actual myth Hercules, he, like, uh, accidentally murdered his family. Who hasn't? (laughs) That's why he had to do the seven trials, because they're like, yo, you murdered your family. And he was like, yeah, but, you know, oopsie-daisy. And And you know what he did? He kept doing them. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't shy away. You know, also, like, Sisyphus, that guy never gives up. You keep naming things that aren't gods. Just say Hades and be done with it. You've seen Hades Town. You like him. I don't know who that is. What? What? <laughs> He's your favorite character in Hades Town, is he not? Nah, Pluto is. I swear to God, I'm gonna beat you to death. <laughs> and Neptune. Uranus. You done? Sure. Alright. Gemini Man. That's not a... Yeah, Will, Will Smith and, and younger Will Smith... <laughs> Those are are my guys. Yep. (laughs) Patron Miranda asks, I can't think of something specifically literature related. So, have you seen Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts on Netflix yet? Fuck yeah, I have. And it kicks ass. And if you like really good fucking cartoons, you should absolutely watch it. Because it's really goddamn good. It's three seasons. It's a a completed storyline. Like, it's finished uh they had it planned out ahead of time when they started it so it's like a full satisfying narrative and it's oh the animation is so good the soundtrack fucking bangs it's so good i have all of it on spotify uh the the music is so good i discovered a lot of really good bands uh from it the storyline is great the characters are great um i'm a fucking soft bitch for a found family trope the character design is so good there is just some like really great kinetic like animation fuck what else it's just it's a really good show i would say maybe it doesn't quite stick the landing as well as it could um it it sets up like some pretty harsh stuff uh, because it has, like, this sort of thing where it's, like, there's an initial big bad, and then it has, like, that kind of fun, like, things aren't what you thought sort of twist, and then there's the bigger bad, and it sets up these stakes, and then the ending is, is of a little kind of a wet fart sort of thing, and then, that's the thing, see, I, I, I don't want to do spoilers, because you really should watch this show, so I will be, I, w- I want to keep it vague, a re- they do a character redemption thing. And it seems like they're doing it very well. And then they kind of fuck it up at the end. And it really bugged me because it seemed like they were doing it very well. And the way they kind of fuck it up 
It, it almost seemed like a thing normally I would like. It, it's even something I've been guilty of doing in my own writing. But, I don't know. It's just frustrating when you see a lot of development be done to a character and then they just kind of piss it away in favor of the drama. And you're like, okay, well then what was the point of doing all of that good development? I would have much rather have seen the consequences of that development as opposed to the drama. But these are, these are very small quibbles to what is otherwise just a really fucking good show. Go watch Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast. You can tear through it very quickly. It's like three seasons of, I think, like ten episodes. So you can knock that shit out real fast. It's really good. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> RJ's just been sitting back on his phone the whole time waiting for me to get that out of my system. Never seen it. No idea what this is. RJ don't watch cartoons. Although I guess you you watched your first cartoon this year. You watched Avatar. Yeah, then Korra. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yup, yup. Yup, yup. Uh, patron Laura Simons asks, Very serious legal question for both of you. You could sue or prosecute any character from literature. Who and what for? Oh, that's easy. Oh. You know the answer. Bryony. Bryony. <laughs> Bryony Towers. Back to atonement. That bitch. Alzheimer's is too good for her. <laughs> so you would sue her for, for, I guess, bearing false witness? Yeah. <laughs> for years. Um, intentional emotional distress. Ah. I-E-D. Or it's I-I-E-D because it's the intentional infliction of emotional distress. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't really have a good answer. I just think of like typical evil characters. Like we were just talking about Othello. Like, I would, they just think of, like, Iago and just, like, I prosecute you for being a big dickhead who lied to a bunch of people and caused people to get murdered. I don't know. I'm never good at these questions. The, the apothecary in Romeo and Juliet <laughs> needs to go to jail because then he does it again. Is that the game? No, no, the friar. Oh, yeah, the friar. The, friar. This, the, the guy who keeps suggesting fake your own death. Yeah. Because he, yeah, he goes to um, Much Ado About Nothing and is like, hey, <laughs> it didn't work the first time, but maybe it will again. Yeah, we got to shut this guy down. <laughs> it's true. We got to catch him. Briny. <laughs> uh, the wife of Pi, he killed a man. What? Yeah, but. Pissing. The- yeah, but the guy killed his mom. He's not judge, jury, and executioner. Okay. We're a nation. They were of on laws. a raft in the middle of the fucking ocean. Yeah. So if I'm on a cruise ship and I commit a crime, oopsie. But th- they were alone on a raft in the middle of the ocean, and the guy was like. So how many people got to be on the cruise ship before it becomes a crime, Meg? I don't know. Are they in internet? Well, look. Then you got international waters. Still laws, Megan. But, like, what's the thing about international waters? Because isn't that where, like, that's why, like, they take, like, boats out to go gamble there and shit? Yeah, you're right. It's uh, lawless out there on international waters. You could kill a man and, well, shit, international waters. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's how, it's like, you know, pirates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know how maritime law works. <laughs> See, that's what they don't tell you, Megan, uh. And Captain Phillips. He didn't break no laws. It's international waters. Exactly. 
He's the captain now. That's how it works. Yeah, international waters. I'm captain now. What are you going to do about it, Tom Hanks? Not shit. Grandpa Piss at RabbitPool on Twitter asks, One, any book recommendations for a tired college student to read over winter break? Two, do either of you have a favorite poem or line of a poem? What is it? So, uh, number one, any book recommendations? Take a break. Yeah. Whatever one would make you happy. I, I told that story uh, in the Les Miserables episode about how over break I was like, ooh, I'm gonna read Les Miserables. Yeah, I'm gonna be so fucking educated. And then I was like, fuck, this sucks. I'm gonna go read Scott Pilgrim. Like, you just said you're tired. It's winter break. If you, Yeah, if you're gonna read anything, read something chill that'll make you happy. Especially this fucking year. Read something that sparks joy. So... Like, don't take a recommendation from me. Read, read something that'll make you feel good. Just something that's just trash. Just pure trash. <laughs> that's, that's my recommendation. There you go. <laughs> go watch Fargo <laughs> Season 4. <laughs> or, you know, go, or watch, go watch Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beasts. <laughs> or read Scott Pilgrim. I don't know. I don't know how well Scott Pilgrim holds up in this day and age. Do you have a favorite poem or line of a poem? There is the one that's tattooed on my body. <laughs> that gives it the inside track. Yeah. God, I've, I'm sure I've talked about that on here before. I was 19. I made decisions. It's uh, from William Wordsworth's Ode on Intimations. And it's... um. A joy that in our embers is something that doth live what nature yet remembers what was so fugitive. It sounds good, and it means, you know, there's always something in there. It's alive. It's good. What about you? Probably one of the Robert Frost ones, just because people completely misunderstand either the line about um, good fences make good neighbors, or I took the road less traveled, because they both mean the opposite of what people seem to think they mean. So you just like it because people get them wrong. Yeah. And then both are much more insightful than what people seem to think. It's very true. As we've discussed on a prior episode. Aaron Close on Facebook asks, What author's works would be most improved if they had included more dirty jokes the way Shakespeare did? The Bible. The <laughs> Bible's pretty dirty. A lot of murder. A lot of sex. But no, no, no. Dirty jokes. Not if it was just hornier, but if it made horny jokes. I guess... <laughs> I'm just saying, the Bible, the Bible could be a little funnier without horny in it. It could throw a couple more gags in there is all I'm saying. There you go. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> then I burst into flames. Um, patron Maggie Borders asks, I'm curious about your academic backgrounds. Do you mind sharing what your degrees are in and what your research focused on? I have an MA in English from Kansas State University, and I did creative nonfiction, so I'm always intrigued when I meet other Englishers in the wild. I'm sure we've mentioned that before. You can go ahead. First of all, war, Manhattan, Kansas, home of KSU, Big Purple. God, you're so weird. That is not a normal thing people can do. Yeah. <laughs> Wildcats, baby. That is not normal. <laughs> Purple and silver, those are good colors. Okay, yeah. yeah I'm not going to argue with that. I have a BA in English, I'm pretty sure, somehow. <laughs> I, I was an English major for one term, and that's what I wound up having my degree in. Fucking wild. 
Um, I have a master's in English. I guess I was a master's student in English much longer than I was a BA English student. <laughs> and then I have a law degree. Specifically in my master's work, I focused on film. <laughs> and, Brit- and technically, I suppose, British American literature. But really, my thesis is about film and orphans. So comic book heroes, which also happen to be in films. Hey, Megan. Yeah, What's your academic background in? I, too, have a BA in English. Whoa. Specifically focused in British literature, because I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, I had to write an undergraduate thesis, because, again, glutton for punishment. It was about intersection between William Blake's poetry and Alan Moore's Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, And then my master's degree is in creative fiction. And my master's work was that I wrote a book. It's like there's really not like more description I could add to it than that. <laughs> I sure did write that book. <laughs> I, I don't have any more degrees than that. <laughs> I got extra. Yeah, you're extra, all right. That's all right. An email from Zora asks, One, what are your favorite slash least favorite literary tropes? Orphans. <laughs> Clearly you're into orphans. Orphans. You love kids without parents, you freak. So lazy. <laughs> like you gotta give them something to do. I know. Kill their parents. That'll give them, you know, an impetus to be something in this world. Fridging in general is a least... Fridging? Yeah. What the fuck? Is it, it is Like trope. Indiana Jones, like hiding in the fridge? No. Um, fridging is... So, okay, I don't remember what comic it's named from, like, a comic where it's like, okay, um, we need to make our main hero feel sad. How do we do that? Oh, we can murder his girlfriend or his wife. And it was some comic where, like, they murdered her and they stuffed her body in a fridge. And so that's where the term fridging came from. Uh, So, yeah, I hate that because it's like, what's the quickest, easiest way to make our hero feel sad and that's super lazy? Let's murder his girlfriend or murder his wife. And it's just stupid. So I hate that shit. Oh, well, the one I bitch about all the time is I hate fucking misunderstandings that could be resolved if two characters just actually stopped for two seconds and had a conversation with each other. That might be my least favorite thing in the whole world. When a whole plot is just predicated on a misunderstanding that could be very easily cleared up if it's like you just stop for two seconds and just talked. I hate it. Favorite literary trope? I have no idea. I love me a found family. There you go. I, li- I like it when a group. Happy I idea. like it. Well, I like it when a group of people decide, like, "Hey, we're a family now. We're bros. We've we've chosen it. I'm a sucker for it." And number two, advice for applying to slash choosing a college, especially for the theatrically and literarily inclined. I love your podcast so much. Thank you for entertaining me through many road trips, long walks, and sewing projects. Aw. We love you, too. Yay. Advice for applying to choosing a college if you want to do theater and literature. Fuck, dude, I'm not sure. Look at the course selection or the course catalog and pick the college where you could take some fun courses, maybe even outside of your wheelhouse. So usually probably a 
bigger universities so you could be able to do that so they have the faculty that gets to teach things that are off the beaten path. I think my favorite class as an undergrad was the history of rock and roll. Make sure it's a school where you can actually get a fucking creative degree in theater shit that you know you can actually get the coursework you need for that if that's really the route you want to take. Juilliard. <laughs> Go to Juilliard. Um, advice for applying? Know your narrative. Megan doesn't know their narrative. Nope. I'm real shit at it. Know what your story is and how you're going to sell that story to other people so it sounds inspiring and that they might like you. Be very good at selling yourself. I'm crap at it. My job applications are trash. It's a miracle I landed one. Indeed. RJ is very good at knowing his narrative and selling himself. Indeed. You got any, any quick tips on that? Know yourself. <laughs> know how you want to sell yourself. Think of a good narrative for yourself. Look at what you got to work with and turn it into a movie script, basically. You know what people like. Give it to them. Good advice. Patron Ben Nothing asks, what are some red flag authors? As in, if you meet someone and they talk about how they love a particular author, it lowers your opinion of them. E.L. James. <laughs> See, on the one hand, I feel bad about that because it's like, I don't want to judge people. People will like what they like. On the other hand... Problem with E.L. James is, so now I know they read bad literature and they're bad at kink. So now I know two <laughs> things about them. <laughs> the secret. What? That one that always tells you to, like, do a vision board and shit. I don't know. The secret's great. You know, that's how I got out of jail because deep after I read The Secret, that's when I found the nail file on the back pages. <laughs> <laughs> I was able to chisel my way out. That's the best Amazon review I've ever read. Actually, you know what? Nowadays, uh, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I mean, because people will still talk about, I guess, liking Harry Potter, and that's fine, I suppose. But um, if they're an adult and they like say things like being a Hufflepuff is like a significant part of their personality, like a, like a Myers Briggs test, that's kind of a red flag. It's, it's a little weird. What would be the most interesting book to be retold in the style of the movie Memento, where it starts at the end and works backward? That's a really good question. Moby Dick. Yes! Oh, fuck! <laughs> that would actually be kind of dope. <laughs> That's good. I don't have anything better than that. Yeah. That's actually really good. Um, what else we got? Patron Matthew, your boy Chips Ahoy Smith, asks... What book do you think would be dramatically improved by being in another medium? And any opinions on Neutron Tide by Arthur C. Clarke? Never read Neutron Tide by Arthur C. Clarke, so no idea. Um, I've read other stuff by Arthur C. Clarke and I like him, so maybe I would like it. What book would be way better in another medium? Apart from the stuff that we already know is better. Miss. I know that we already know is better. I'm trying to think. There's other. There's been times where I've read something and I've been like, I know this well, would be like a sick movie. Neuromancer would be a good video game. Yeah, definitely. Is it not one already? I don't know what Cyberpunk 2077 is like. <laughs> what kind of dick do you think Case had? That man had a normcore dick and you know it. I don't know if it counts as like another medium. Uh, there's definitely been books that I've read where I've been like, this would be sick if it was like illustrated specifically as a graphic novel. Does that count as another medium? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Edward Gorey uh, books slash stories, they make good video games too. An Edward Gorey visual novel would be really cool. Yeah. Edward Gorey dating sim. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I'd be the unwelcomed guest. <laughs> you got that little scarf in them shoes. Yeah. Yeah? Fly. Very fly. Patron Josie Berger asks, which one of you is more likely to not exist? Where can I see pictures of your cats? <laughs> Do- <laughs> Does Megan not post enough pictures of the yeah, cats? Yeah, uh, Twitter. Twitter. Twitter, either at Pod or at Meg underscore Danger, which is in the bio of at uh, Pod on Twitter. I post so many pictures of the cats. <laughs> Megan doesn't exist. No, um, I'm just a figment of RJ's imagination, and RJ is also just a figment of my imagination, and we're both figments of your imagination. This podcast isn't real. Do the cats like one of you more than the other? And if so, how much resentment does that cause? Me, what? Yup. Do you give book suggestions to each other? Do you then ignore them? No. <laughs> you know on both fronts. Although I told you to read the Phil Jackson thing. You did, actually. and Well, because that's because you knew when we watched the 30 for 30 on Michael Jordan that I was like, this strange hippie basketball man seems cool. And you yeah. were like, well, he wrote a book. <laughs> yeah. So that was a rare instance. I just don't recommend you things because I know you don't read. <laughs> An email from Chris Osborne of the Play Comics Podcast asks, Pravi, why don't you let Cooper on the show as much? <laughs> because he's a spoiled bully who demands all the attention. Also, Cooper don't need attention. That's true. She's okay. Cooper is much more independent. She's not nearly as needy. For the humans, how are you adjusting to the weather? Enjoying it. Yeah, actually, it's pretty great. It's, it's nice not to be constantly sweaty and miserable. Patron Q! That's always fun. Asks, what's each of your favorite non-English classic literature, novel, poem, epic, or whatever, and which translation do you prefer? Why? Beowulf. Q, you think we are so much smarter than we actually are. <laughs> Beowulf. You've never read Beowulf. I had it read to me in two lines there, or whatever it was. Carla <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when Dr. Professor Carla <laughs> desperately tried to teach us a thing about Beowulf. <laughs> I mean, I guess I enjoy Kafka. He's not English. It's true. And Goethe. 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 Jesus. <laughs> no, oh, Jesus wasn't English either. I mean, we've read a lot of translated things on this show. Like, I just read, we read Phantom of the Opera was in, originally in French. Um, oh, yeah, the Nutcracker. Yeah, I, I've read, yeah, we've read a lot. Daddy Dumas. We've read fucking Les Miserables. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have a, a favorite, I guess, because most of it has been for this show. And which translation do King you prefer? King James' Bible. Uh, it's whatever one I can get a hold of. Q thinks we are so much more erudite than reality. Q, we are dumb as fuck. (laughs) Patron Dilsky the Bean Boy asks... Oh, that's two in a row that it just rolls right off. I love to say them. So in this scenario, you're in a tag team fight against the author you dislike most in the world. It's a lot. And Ernest Hemingway... (laughs) quite a tag team the fight is for charity you win half a million dollars for a charity of your choice and lasts for three rounds with a five minute break between rounds i really like the specificity that's uh, too long of a break (laughs) like it should be the other way around but even then the three minute break's a really long break it's a five minute break oh right that's too long he's saying fight for three a five minute break that's backwards as is but even then 
A three, like even if you reverse it, a three minute break's a long break. Uh, what author, dead or alive, do you pick to be on your team? Also, thank you for doing the show. It means so much to me and is the highlight of my day whenever I listen to it. Thank you, Dilski, um, for that. And also for this, this fucking buck wild question. Easy. Easy. One, I'm fighting Ernest Hemingway and J.K. Rowling. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> and I'm teaming up with a Z-Dog. With, with Zora Neale Hurston? Yeah. She's seen some shit. She got some opinions. She does seem like she's got good fuck em up energy. She pegged Langston Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> she showed him who's the daddy of Harlem. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so what, uh, what's the charity of your choice that you're wanting half a million dollars for? <laughs> Finding Z-Dog's body. <laughs> So we can bury That's it for not real. A charity, but you know what? She would probably be very invested in the fight. Then. That's a good way of ensuring that she's fucking in it to win it. Yeah, she's like, uh, she's like, uh, uh, what's the fucking video game? I don't know. The one with the souls. We were just watching them. Dark Souls. Yeah, it's like she's like a Dark Soul. She doesn't have her body. We need to. We need to find her body so she can go back in. Would, Ern- would Ernest Hemingway want to team up with J.K. Rowling? Gives a fuck. <laughs> I don't care what Ernest wants. <laughs> and nor should you. Or how about Ernest versus Ernest P. Worrell? <laughs> or rather not against them together. Ernest and Ernest. I mean, that's not really the author you dislike most in the world. This is true. There's another author that I hate. I hate most in the world is, is very intense. I definitely am not a fan of Joseph Conrad, if only because I had to read Heart of Darkness on three separate occasions and I hate it so fucking much. If I was fighting Ernest Hemingway and Joseph Conrad, who would I want in my corner? Who do I know can fuck people up? Didn't Oscar Wilde know how to box? Wasn't that a thing? That people would, like, call him a sissy and he'd beat the shit out of them? Yeah. There you go. There you go. He's got a lot of pent-up aggression. I'd like to see Oscar Wilde try to beat the shit out of Ernest Hemingway. I think that'd be fun. And uh, lastly, <laughs> last but not least, patron Jesse asks, Megan, when are you going to let RJ do the art of the deal? With noted child uh, namer Donald Trump. Well, Jesse, I'm glad you asked. You see, if you go to patreon.com slash class. You'll notice that there's a tier there that uh, is called Substitute Teacher, and that is $50. And that it says you scribble out some notes on that syllabus and slide us one sassy Ulysses S, and you get to pick the thing we do. If you do that, then you can make me do Art of the Deal. And then I don't have a fucking choice. And you may be like, that seems like a callous sellout thing to do. To which I would say, so is Art of the Deal. How would you know you haven't read it? Don't need to. Mm. Can tell. Mm. John Barron said it was a good book. Hey, RJ, you ever read Art of the Deal? I know it inside and out. You ever read it? It's like it's part of me. You ever read it? It's like it's always been there. Have you read In the stars. The book. It's right there. You are so full of shit. Sounds like we're going to make a deal. And that'll about do it for this episode of Ono Lit Class. Thank you so much for sending in all of your questions. We hope you've enjoyed hearing the answers. 
We, we certainly enjoyed giving them. And thank you for sticking with us this year. It's been a fucking year. If you enjoy hearing the fucking shit that we say, consider leaving us a rating or a review. Subscribe. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell everyone. Tell everyone. Now. Hurry. Don't wait. Be like, hey, there's this real great literature podcast out there, and while you're at it, tell them some literature conspiracy theories. And while you're spreading those theories, you can do it on, on Twitter at OnaLickLassPod, where you can also find pictures of Pravi and Cooper. Links to all of our social medias everywhere, to all the things all the time, are at OnaLickLass.com, including our store. We have a store. I don't talk about the store enough, but it's all at OnaLickLass.com. Thank you to Best Day for doing our theme song on uh, one of the other shows do fun fiction scotty makes me thank him every episode (laughs) so i feel bad i don't do it here but thank you to best day best day made our theme song it's real good if you like it you can listen to more of his music at soundcloud.com slash best hyphen day or by going to spotify or apple music and searching for best day we, we will be gone for the rest of the year and into January, but we will still have bonus content coming up on our Patreon for our wonderful, beautiful patrons. So keep an eye out for that. And we will return next year in Avengers Dono Lit Class War. I don't fucking know. But until then, I'm Megan. I'm RJ. We love you. Bye. 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 Yeah, I have. Ah, oh, damn it. It's a train. It's a train. This train is cock blocking me from talking about Kipo and the Agent Wonder Beasts. <laughs>